Darren Tigelar, who you've heard me mention over and over again, who's my mentor of, what, five years or four years. And I have nothing but amazing things to say about this man. He has been there for me in the, in the good times and the bad times and the hard times. And he's only ever encouraged me. And the thing that I appreciate about him most is he doesn't just give me advice. He pushes me to go to a place where I actually hear from God myself. It's really easy just to give someone your opinion, but it takes a wise man, someone who's been around the block, somebody who's heard from God to say, you know what, you need to go in here for yourself because you can't always keep coming back to, to someone. You need to go to God, to him, and he's going to give you the wisest, the most amazing advice you can ever have. And that's something I really appreciate, appreciate about Darren. So Darren, why don't you make your way up here? And while he's uh, coming up, you can give him a round of applause. So we love you guys. We're in good hands tonight. So Sweet, man. thanks, Darren. Thanks. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, welcoming me here. Jake, thank you so much. Um, it's truly an honor, and uh, I'm glad to be here. You guys glad to be here? <laughs> I have to admit that um, I'm standing back there, and they're worshiping, and they're saying, you know, yours is the kingdom, yours, and the, the drum beat. And... I have to confess that I grew up in a church where most of the time you, you sat with your arms crossed or maybe, maybe, you know, like this or maybe holding a hymnal. Actually, that's probably how I actually, that's how I grew up. But I felt like I wanted to be in a mosh pit or something up here. And I felt bad for those who were still sitting there like this. I felt like they were, should be holding a hymnal instead of like jumping around and, and, and feeling alive. Anybody feel alive tonight? Well, I, I want to feel alive. See, maybe we should just do this, huh? Um, it always bothers me when I go to church and I see people sitting with their arms crossed, and yet I see them the same week at a football game. Anybody like football? And they're coming unglued. I mean, their skin is really like shaking off their body because they're either yelling at the ref or cheering so loud for their team rushing into the end zone. Do you know what I'm talking about? So maybe we could just do this for a minute. What, what if we just stand up? All right? Before I preach at all, let's just do this a second. And now, I want you to close your eyes because I don't want you to be thinking about your neighbor because we all do, myself included, all right? But I want you to do this. You know, what they were singing is yours is the kingdom, yours is the power. Uh, in, the, in Revelation, there's this amazing picture, this amazing picture. This is what Matt was talking about, that the elders bring their crowns, that, that, that all the angels come around. Now, I don't know about you. I have never seen an angel, but I've heard of people seeing angels that are bigger than this room. There's angels that are bigger than anything. And yet these angels are all falling down at the feet of this lamb. This lamb, this, this innocent lamb. And they're screaming and crying out. And there's this, these bowls, and it says, in fact, the elders are screaming and crying, and they're saying, who can break these, these seals? These seals that are holding these things shut. And these, these Christians, if you will, these people who have been martyred for the faith, are crying out, win, O oh Lord, win. And you see this, these bowls, and the seventh seal is finally broken open, open by this lamb, the lamb who was slain. And what happens is you see these, these coals in this, this golden bowl, and God takes these things, these ashes, and starts chucking them down to earth. And it, i got to tell you, you know what this is? this is? This is what Pentecost was. What did they have on their heads? Does anybody remember? They had fire. They had fire. There was fire. But now it's not fire that consumes, it's, 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 a, it's a consuming fire that burns within. How many remember the story of Moses? There was a burning what? Bush, Bush right? All right. So now uh, I want you to do this. With your eyes closed, all right, just start picturing heaven. 
Picture heaven. Some people say, well, I can't do that. Well, yes, you can. Just stop. Just picture heaven. And just picture that lamb. And I'll picture God throwing down these flames, all right? And setting us on fire. All right? Now just do this with me. Repeat after me. Say, Lord, Lord make me a world changer. Make me a world changer. Set, me on fire. Set me on fire. And bring heaven, and bring heaven. Through, me through me to earth. To earth. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Everybody give a clap for Jesus, huh? All right, you can be seated. You can be seated. All right. Tonight, uh, I was just asked what my message was, um, and it's prayers like ping pong. That's it. I don't know. I just pulled that out of the air. Actually, that's not true. I didn't fully pull it out of the air. My wife is a speech pathologist, and... Um, my wife will always say that we need to have good communication. Uh, ladies, how many ladies like to have good communication? Huh? And every time you talk to a boy, do they normally have good communication skills? No, not normally. <laughs> Some of these guys do, right? Well, guys, I, if, if anything, guys, you better listen tonight because this is what it's about. It's about communication. That prayer is about communication. That prayer is like ping pong because ping pong is like communication. Anybody good at ping pong? Huh? You're good at ping pong? What's your name? Austin. Austin, come up here. All right. All right. Jake was so kind, you know, you always got to have a good visual going on. All right, Austin. That was a good paddle, all right? A lot of paddles here. Now, the simple fact of ping pong is it's just hitting the ball back and forth. Now, how many of us are, are, are good at ping pong? I mean, I, Austin's good at ping pong. Anybody else? So-so? This is a college sport. You know, most people call it beer pong, right? I'm just being honest here. Just being honest. Truth is all out here tonight, all right? So ping pong is a simple game of, of hitting the ball back and forth. And, and we make mistakes. Anybody feel like their prayers aren't, uh, aren't making it to heaven? Or that your prayers aren't being answered? <laughs> God, I just want a boyfriend. <laughs> 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 Maybe not me, all right? God, what should I do with my life? What, what classes should I take this year? Should I work at this job? Should I, should I not? Oh, there's another job. This job pays a 50 cents more. What, God, what should I do? So as we pray, we start, we want the ball to keep going to God. If the ball is our prayers, we want God to answer our prayers and give us an answer. Would you agree? Yeah. Huh? One more time, Austin, just for, just for effects, right? And we want to, to pray, God, I just, I need this job. What, job. what job should I take, God? Okay, God, this one or that one? This one, that one. All right? Now, some of you, Thank you, Austin. Everybody give Austin a big hand. All right. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah says this. Jeremiah 33. Now you have to understand in Jeremiah, they are living in the worst of the worst times. They're living in Babylon. Remember uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Esther? They're all living in this place of Babylon where King Nebuchadnezzar has wiped out their town, their village, their temple, where they worship, everything they know, and this is where they're living. And yet, God speaks to Jeremiah the prophet. In the Old Testament, God only chose how many people? One. There was only one. There was one that God would speak to. And that 
And that prophet, that person, would be the spokesperson for the rest of the community. So here in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33 says, call to me. God speaks to Jeremiah. says, I am the Lord. Call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and hidden things that you don't know about. This is what God is speaking to Jeremiah. God says this to Jeremiah. Now, uh, I need to take you back a minute. All right, let's go back. I'm going to teach you a little theology. Anybody uh, the theologians here? Any theology majors? All right. Theology is just the study of God. But I'm going to take you all the way back. What's the first book in the Bible? Genesis. Genesis. Genesis is Hebrew for in the beginning. All right. There you go. Hey, you know Hebrew. In the beginning, you knew Adam and Eve. There was a boy and a girl. Right? God put them there. They were beautiful because they walked together. Man was not dominating woman. Woman wasn't dominating man. They worked together. They were a team. It was this beautiful picture of what God wants us to be. And so God has Adam and Eve. Now we all know the, the story. There's a tree. God says don't eat of it. Now how many of you guys know I won't ask you the question of, uh, of how many have been to like a party or something like that, right? You know God made the best wine, right? But God also put a tree in the garden. Now, why does God put a tree in the garden? Why does he God put a tree in the garden and say, don't eat of it? Why would God do such a thing? Galatians 5 verse 1. It says Jesus has come to bring freedom. You see, God wants you to be free. So God puts a tree in the garden because there's a tree in the garden and God says don't eat of it because if there is no choice to choose something that's of evil, guess what? You're not free. You know, I do believe that in heaven you will have choices. Now people say, well, heaven's going to be perfect. Well, yeah, it'll be perfect, but there will still be choices. But you know, the Bible actually says that the angels long to know what we know. See, but we, what we know is how horrible sin is and how we've been redeemed through the blood of the Lamb. And so here's this beautiful picture in the garden. God puts this tree there and he says, don't eat of it. He gives us a choice to choose to be free. You can eat of it or you don't have to eat of it. Freedom means that there's choices. Communism, you ever hear of Communism. Communism, the government says, well, um, you look like you'd be a good gymnastic person. You're in gymnastics. There you go. And, and you know, Austin, you might be good at ping pong, but sorry, not in the Olympics. You are going to be a construction worker. You just look like a construction worker, right? right? You look like you should play the bass guitar, right? You know, with the uh, uh, tie-dye, it looks like a bass guitar player, right? And this is what communism does. They don't give you a choice. Right? You know, in college right now, many of you, and where you're at in life, you have, oh my goodness, Lord, I have so many choices. What am I going to do? Thank God for choices. Say, God, that's freedom. Thank you, God. You have choices. That's a wonderful thing. So here's this picture back in the garden. Adam and Eve, they sin. You guys remember this? The serpent comes, right, whispers in the ear. Oh, you know, this, this fruit looks really good. You should, you know, maybe... Take a look at it. The Bible actually says that Adam and Eve are, are actually kind of looking at this fruit intently. Right? You know, the devil just doesn't haul you and throw you overboard into sin, like huge sin. He entices you a little bit at a time. Right? So here it is. In Genesis chapter 3, though, they sin, they eat of the fruit, and here it is, verse 8. 3 verse 8, then man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord of God as he walked in the garden in the cool of day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to man, where are you? As Chris Valentine would say, that's pretty bad when God can't find you, right? Um, anybody know Chris? Listen to Chris. Verse 10, he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid, Adam says. Then the Lord God said to woman, uh, what, you know, oh, sorry, verse 12. Then the man, the man said, the woman you put here huh, with me, she gave me some of the fruit to eat of the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord said to God, said to the woman, 
what have you done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me. Here it is, this back and forth, this back and forth. My friends, this is what it was from the beginning. It's like ping pong. In the beginning, God wanted this conversation that goes back and forth, back and forth. You see, Adam and Eve are not afraid talking to God as they talk to him. They're afraid because they're naked. They're not afraid to talk to God. It's that they're afraid because they realize that they sin. Jumping down to verse 21. It says this, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife Eve and clothed them. This is a little foreshadowing of what? The Lamb of God. What do you think? Uh, how do you think God clothed Adam and Eve? Think it was a lamb? It's my guess. Verse 22, and the Lord God said, man, uh, has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take from the tree of life and to eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. So here's the picture. Adam and Eve living in this perfect place. All of a sudden, what happens? Now what, what happened when... What did God tell Adam and Eve if they ate of the tree? You would surely what? You would surely die. Now, did they die when they ate of the tree? Did they just fall over dead? Bloop. No. What happens is the simple fact, like ping pong. See, it's going all back to ping pong. See this little thing? What is this? Net. Now, I'm not the best ping pong player like Austin, you ever say, oh God, help me out? And it feels like your prayers aren't being answered? See, what happened was this net in the garden wasn't here. But when Adam and Eve sinned and God said there would be death to you, this net is not just this tiny little net. This net reaches up to eternity. And there's no way to get your prayers to God. See, but our God is so good. He has this amazing plan, right? He has this amazing plan. When Adam failed, God said the second Adam. Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. What happened when Jesus died on the cross? What did he have on his head? crown of thorns. What did he get whipped with? Right? He got whipped with a cat of nine tails, which actually comes, and they put thorns in that as well. What did he hang on? He hung on a cross. Cursed is the one who hangs on the tree. Jesus took the crown of thorns, my friends, represents the curse. It was the curse put upon Jesus. What did God tell Adam? He said, cursed is the ground that you sow. There will be thorns that you have to work. This is what Jesus took upon himself, the curse. Now, if you guys know the story, they worshiped in this thing called the temple during Jesus' day. What happened in the temple when Jesus died on the cross? The veil, my friends, the veil was torn. This net between us and God, this wall that separated us when Jesus died on the cross was torn in two. This is what's so powerful. Second Corinthians 3, 13 says this, we are not like Moses. Anybody know who Moses was? Huh? There was Abraham, and there's all these generations uh, are, and leading up to a guy by the name of Moses. Moses was this great prophet who led the Israelites out of Egypt. This picture of them walking and being washed. Ever hear of baptism? Being washed. 
This is what Moses was showing a foreshadow of is when they walked through the Red Sea, like they went through the waters, they got washed. But then they went to this place called Mount Sinai. And Mount Sinai, there was a mountain. Moses went up. And God actually asked for the elders to come up too, but they were too afraid because the mountain shook and there was lightning bursting forth. And so only Moses spoke to God. And when he spoke to God, God created the ten, what? Ten commandments. Ooh. Now see, this is, this is where it gets kind of ugly because God uh, has Moses bring these ten commandments down. And now, no longer... Can, can people go and talk to God? They have to go through this prophet. They have to go through a priest. Because now there's laws. Now we know what is right and wrong. Yet when Jesus comes and Jesus dies on the cross, the veil is torn. It's ripped in two. So 2 Corinthians 13, it says, Moses here, who put a veil over his face, to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. You see, when Moses spoke with God up on Mount Sinai, he was speaking face to face with God, so much so that the reflection of God came through Moses' face. My friends, uh, this is what happens when you and I enter in time and presence with God. You start getting filled with the presence of God, so much so that you glow. You know, scientists are even starting to see crazy things like this, that your body is emitting light energy. Go figure. We're made from the creator of light. The one who in the beginning said, let there be light. Verse 14, 14, but their minds were dull for their days of the same veil remains from the old covenant. It had not been removed because only Christ can take it away. For even in the day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, you've heard this before, there is what? There's freedom. See, what happens is when Christ comes into the picture, he removes the veil. Now I grew up in church my whole life. I went to church on Sunday morning. I went to church at at, uh, Sunday school after church. And then I went to church at night. And then I had youth group after that. Monday, I had this thing called cadets. So then I went to church on Monday. On Wednesday, we had a thing called catechism. We went to church there. On Friday, the church got together and, and went in roller skating. So the church roller skating party. So then we were with the church there. Uh, uh, and, and on and on and on, I was at church most of the time in my life. But you see, the way I grew up and what I understood to be following Jesus was just a bunch about of rules. It was all about these rules that I had to follow. You see, but I need to tell you that when Jesus died on the cross, he took away the rules and brought something even better, a relationship. I didn't say it was easier, I just said it's better. Rules are easy to follow, and this is what happened at Mount Sinai. At Mount Sinai, the people were so scared, they didn't want a relationship with God because he was so scary. But God wants a relationship with you. This is what prayer is all about. Billy Graham, ever hear Billy Graham? Billy Graham says prayer is a two-way conversation with God. My friends, this is what's so cool is because when I was a kid, my parents lived kind of out in the country in this place called Hickville or Hudsonville or some people called it Hooterville. In fact, when I was in high school, there were so many farms around that we would go play other football teams and they would moo when we came uh, to town. Uh, They still do that? Is that what you said? They would move, you know? um, But my parents, they had lots of wood. So when I was a kid... Even though all I knew was rules. You got to do this and you got to do that if you want to be a good Christian. You got to do this and you got to go to church on Sunday and you got to be like this if you want to be a good Christian. There were times I would break away from my parents and I'd go walk in the woods. And I'd get lost for hours. And, and the whole day I'd go in the, nine in the morning, eight in the morning, and I'd just walk through the woods as a boy. 
I'd make little tree forts and I'd knock down trees. And yet it was so cool because even though I went to a place where what I learned was rules, God was kept speaking to me. He kept speaking to my heart. He kept trying to whisper to me. Now, how many senses do you guys have? Five, right? It's actually kind of cool. I was riding here, and uh, I felt, as I was thinking through my message, I was saying, okay, we got five senses or whatever. And I'm driving down the road, and there's this car in the back window. It said, six cents. Huh? You see, because I believe that we have six senses. Now, we really don't. God created five senses, but that sixth sense is really... Now, they made a horror movie of this, called it The Sixth Sense, um, with Mel Gibson and, I don't know, from the little... Uh, whatever the kid's name is. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, that sixth sense is called the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I have to leave so I can send another, the Holy Spirit, to speak to us. So when I was a boy walking in these woods, I could feel the presence of God speaking to my heart. Now, he didn't always speak to my audible ear. Most of the time, he spoke to my heart. But now, I need to tell you that uh, some people have different gifts. Anybody here have different gifts than me? I think you do, right? You all have different gifts. Huh? My gift is to be a feeler. I'm very sensitive. In fact, uh, you know, when they're worshiping back here, there are times I can feel almost like the window is open and a strong breeze comes punching through because I'm a feeler. Now there's others who are seers. Some people have very vivid imaginations, very vivid dreams. You know, God speaks to those. I'm not. I don't have vivid dreams. In fact, I hit the pillow and I, I you know, they say yeah, everybody dreams. I don't believe that really because <laughs> I wake up the next morning and like, whoa, I just put my head down. But I'm a feeler and I sense things. In fact, I mean, I can sense a lot of times when the spirit is moving. Uh, anybody good with music? Musicians here? Anybody in, in uh, music in college or anything, right? Ever, anybody here of a tuning fork? Right? What, what do you do with a tuning fork? Yeah, you, 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 you ding it, right? You, you ping, right? And then anything, so if it's, a, let's say, a C note, right? And you, you ping it, anything else, like if a guitar is sitting next to it or, or a piano is sitting next to that tuning fork and you ping the C uh, tuning fork, what happens to the guitar if it has a C string on it? It vibrates. In fact, you can even see it moving. You see, this is, this is how my heart, this is how God has wired me to be a feeler, is that I can sense, it's almost like a barometer, or a thermometer, there you go, a thermometer of the temperature in the room. I can feel the presence of God, like, rising, and it's cool. But this is how God, one way God speaks to me. Now, is it better than other things? No way. Some of you guys have gifts that I don't have. A good friend of mine, he's a seer. He sees things. I mean, he wakes up and oh, man, I had this crazy dream. You should, oh, I got to tell you about it. You know, it was like this sword fighting and these, these, these knives coming from this place. And I was at this job. And, I mean, they're weird. But then, you know, you, know, you sit back and you say, well, what is this? Huh? You see, what I want to tell you tonight is that God speaks to you all the time. Hmm? And he loves to talk to you because when Jesus died on the cross, he tore down the what? The veil. And now you got God saying, hey, hey, you know, come on up here. Come on. Let's play. Come on. Come on. Hear my voice. I'm going to send you my voice. Here you go. Do you want to play with me? You want to get in this game? There's a lot of Christians here who say, you know what, God? You know, I don't know. How many have ever walked down the street and you see somebody that looks like they're hurting? Everybody, anybody here seen it? You know, you're walking on the college campus, you see someone, you know, you can just tell they're having a miserable day. Guess what you're hearing, my friends? Guess what that, why are you sensing that that person is hurting? Who do you think is telling you that? The Holy Spirit, that sixth sense. God is trying to 
get you in the game and say, you know what, why don't you go over there and bring my kingdom to that person? Maybe they need just a little love. Maybe they need a little hug. Maybe they need five bucks. Maybe you just need to take them to McDonald's. Maybe you just need to hear what their problem is and see what God has in store to answer that. See, I work at a nursing home. Nursing home, nursing facility, senior living campus. I, uh, I had been the, the chaplain for many years there, and now I'm the director. So I don't get to do always the things that I like to do. But one of the things I used to love to do as the chaplain, I used to walk the halls of our place and just say, okay, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I would be looking around saying, okay, God, I, am I feeling something? Am I sensing something? God, what are you saying to me? Because I don't want to be sitting in the stands. I want to be in the game. I want to play. I want, to go, I want God to speak to me. Now, what's so cool, here's one story. I was walking down the hall, and I walked past this door, this door on, on my left-hand side. I walked past it, and I just feel like, girls, you know how you feel when you, like, you get to go on your first date, right? Like the butterflies, you know? I don't know what girls really feel, but that's what I'm just guessing what girls feel like, right? So I walk past this door, and I just feel like, oh, Oh, something. So I'm like, okay, God, this has got to be something. So I just say, okay. I can go knock on the door. Because I'm thinking, okay, it's got to be something. I don't normally feel that way, but there's these butterfly feelings. So I just go knock on the door. I go knock on the door, there's this gentleman and his wife, and I say, hey, you know, um, hey, how are you guys doing? I don't know what's going on. I just felt something. And I told you, I'm a feeler. So I knock on the door, and they invite me in, and this woman is sitting in the chair, and she is in pain. She is in extreme pain. So I just say, you know, hey, um, they know I'm the chaplain. I just say, hey, you know, I'd love to pray for you guys. What, what can I pray for? Because I don't know. I just felt these butterfly feelings. And I say, can I pray for you guys? And they're like, sure. Anything specific? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm in pain. <laughs> So we pray, and you know, uh, I'm thinking, okay, cool, you know, God's gonna do something, and nothing. So, but I just say, okay, well, let's, you know, hey, let's pray again. Let's just pray that, uh, you know, this pain, whatever you have, is God's gonna take it away. So I pray over her, and you know, nothing real. And I say, how do you feel? And she's like, oh, you know, um, I still have it. And I, and I was like, okay, but they felt blessed. I was there. I prayed for them, and I left, and and I. The next day, he runs into me, he grabs my hand, he's like, oh, you know, you prayed for my wife yesterday. I got to tell you, you left, and my wife was feeling so good, she started moving around. I, I, remember, I work with old people, so for them to move around, uh, you know, it was a huge thing, huh? You know, it's cool. I mean, this woman, actually, she's gone on, got on to glory already, but, you know, it's just a cool thing how God wants to speak to us. He wants to invite us in. To this thing, you know, we sang, yours is the kingdom, but your kingdom come, your will be done. Do you believe it? All right? Do you believe that God wants to use you, that he wants to speak to you? All right? John 10, verse 27, it says what? My sheep listen to my what? Voice. Now, God created your senses. He doesn't always speak in English. In fact, Jesus spoke Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek. He didn't speak English, he probably does because he's the creator of all of them, right? I mean, just correcting myself here. But, you know, God, he made your senses, so he wants to speak to you. He loves you. He believes in you. You know, the biggest torment to the devil is what? What did the devil want to be? Who did he want to be? He wanted to be God. And the Bible said that we are made in the image of who? God, isn't it cool when you and I get on our knees, start praying, start believing God wants to do cool things for us, that God actually speaks to us, that God starts moving through us so much so that we bring his kingdom? And do you think the devil's happy about that? No. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Huh? Did I ever tell you about my shoulder? No. See, I'm going back to ping pong a second. All right? Net or no net, right? Whatever. When I was in college, right, I was okay with ping pong. I mean, I can hit the ball back and forth, no big deal. But my dad was really good. He's a lefty. 
Now, if you know anything about ping pong, lefties are, are, are amazing because they can put spin on it and stuff that most right-handers just can't. So I played my dad, and my dad, my dad, he, he, my dad's calm, cool, and doesn't talk much at all. I mean, to get a word out of my dad, you better listen because it's pretty powerful. My dad doesn't talk at all. Um, and my dad and I, we didn't have a great, the best relationship. He was always there for me. He came to everything, but he didn't talk much. You see, I, I, like, I like words of encouragement. Anybody else like words of encouragement? Well, cool. You guys are beautiful, right? You guys are awesome. I love you guys. Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, tell your neighbor you're a game changer. You're a world changer. You are amazing, right? I wish my dad would have said that, huh? So, but my dad, one thing he loved to do was play ping pong. So we played ping pong. In fact, there was one night I played my dad 21 games in a row and he killed me every single time. You see, when I was a little boy, my dad let me win. At least he'd let me score a point. But then as I got older, when I got cocky, I was in college, I thought I could do things and beat my dad. He just smoked me, right? But I kept playing. And I kept playing. And I kept playing. And in fact, I became so resilient that I'm like, my dad is not going to beat me this time. And he would. And I said, my dad's not going to beat me this time. And he would. And I said, my dad's not going to beat me this time. And my dad literally, he, he just laughed because he is having so much fun just watching me lose because I get so angry. I hate losing, right? And you know what? This is what God wants in you. He wants a drive. Anybody like to be competitive? I mean, this is why we watch sports, because we see that competitive nature. And this is what God wants. He wants to stir something up in you to be compassionate and to have some passion about something. He doesn't want you to sit in church and be bored. I mean, we should have a mosh pit, right, Jake? We're starting a mosh pit, right? right? You know, we should go crazy in church. This should be jumping around. In fact, when I was a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor for 13 years, and I started hearing God's voice and listening to God's voice, and it's dangerous, my friends. It's scary when you start actually listening and following what God's telling you to do. See, I went to a church that didn't believe in healing. In fact, the church would say, oh yeah, we believe in healing, but we don't believe that, you know, God heals for today. Well, he did. He did miracles back then. Oh, God still does miracles. You know, we should pray. But in the 33 years of my life growing up in this church, how many miracles do you think I've seen? Zero. Other than people having babies. You know, there's always a miracle, right? But I grew up in this church never seeing miracles. I didn't, I didn't even, I knew it because I walked in the woods when I was a little boy. And I, when I read this book, these words came true to me. They became so alive. But yet I'd go to church and it was just like, oh yeah, Jesus did that and Jesus did that. How many remember the story of the, the disciples sleeping in the boat? Or Jesus sleeping in the boat. The disciples are on the boat and they're screaming. They're going crazy. Oh my gosh, Jesus, we're going to die. How many, I know some of you prayed like that before, right? <laughs> That's what the disciples were doing. Don't you think they were trying to pray? I mean, they were praying, Jesus, we're going to drown. Mark 4, this is what it's recorded, that they're screaming at Jesus. Wake up. No, Peter, you tell him he's going to kill me if I wake him up. He's sleeping. So, no, but we got to. I mean, how many feel like that in school, right? I mean, this test is, oh my goodness. Huh? And yet this is what's so amazing is Jesus, he, he walks in stillness. He walks in peace. You see, the kingdom is, is joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. And, and daily, even though our worlds are spinning out of control, we should continue to be walking in peace and listening. And what did Jesus do to the storm? What did he say? Peace be, be, peace be still. And then he yells at his, at his disciples. Why did he yell at his disciples? Lack of faith. Well, why didn't you guys just do it? Huh? Why didn't you guys just do it? I mean, that's what I hear Jesus saying. And this is what I, I believe Jesus is inviting us to. When we pray, we don't, we don't pray from a place of being scared. We don't place, pray from a place of fear. Now, you may feel fear, but you don't walk in fear. You walk in what? Faith. 
We walk in faith and say, okay, God, I, there's this person, and it looks like um, they are uh, in trouble. I better, I don't want to, God, but I'm going to go talk to them. All right? I feel like you're doing something. You're speaking to me, God. I'm going I'm to believe this and walk in faith. I truly believe that God wants to do amazing things. I told you I was a youth pastor and I went to this church that didn't believe in healing. And I'm praying, okay, God, what should I do this Sunday night? I got to do youth group. And, and I feel God tell me, do a healing service. Now, how does that work when the whole church doesn't believe in it and you're being told to go do it? So I say, okay, and, and there's a stage like this. We had a cool worship, and I get up there, and I say, okay, um, tonight we're going to do, uh, I feel like we should be praying for healing. So I, I do this, and, and I say this, and I say, okay. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing at all. Huh? <laughs> so there's a few people who come up, and I say, well, let's pray for you. So we prayed for them. You know, we don't see any miracles. Nothing happens. Everybody goes back to their seat, you know, I close out in prayer, and I feel stupid. Because, you know, you're saying, oh, yeah, I believe in healing, I believe in miracles, but you don't see anything. Right? So after everybody leaves, except for my youth leaders, I go back and say, you know, let's talk about the night. And they're like, oh, you know, it was good, good, it was cool. And inside, I'm just burning because I'm feeling, I feel about this big because I went out on a limb thinking that I heard God's voice. And I'm thinking, okay, God's going to do something. And we didn't see anything. And all of a sudden, one of my youth leaders starts crying. There's five of us in the room. Everybody is left. And she's like, can you pray for me? I got scoliosis in my back. This beautiful girl, and yet she's got this kink in her back. And she's so embarrassed because she's got this kink in her back that she hides and she wears extra clothes so nobody sees her back. But we pray for her. Nothing happens. She leaves. get a phone call the next day. Uh, Darren, I got to tell you, I sat in the car last night after you guys prayed over me and my back was completely straight. Amen. My friends, I believe God speaks to you. He loves you so much. He died on the cross for you because he believes in you so much. But he didn't stay there. He rose again. There's a resurrection power that he wants to give to you because he believes in you so much. He believes in you for victory in your life. He believes in you for victory for other people's lives. Mind if I tell a couple stories yet? Because I believe that there's power telling testimonies. Now here's one. You remember, I told you I went to this church and, and they didn't believe in healing. So, so we had a cross. We went on a mission trip. There's this girl. She went by the cross and she knelt down. Now anybody here with somebody who's a cutter? Right? She cut. She knelt down at the cross. There was a boy who had Down syndrome. Came up to her and touched her on the back. And I'm watching from behind as there's worship going on, this cross. It's just in the, you know, your typical church cool setting, right? It was cool. It was a sweet setting. But this boy who, who had Down syndrome walked behind people and just touched people on the shoulder. And I could see, let me back up and say, I could feel, right? I'm a feeler. See, I, I can see with my feelings. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like, I can feel sometimes, not all the time. I'm not trying to be weird on you. I'm not some weird ghost whisperer or something. Huh? <laughs> I'm just a normal person like you. But I'm willing to go after God. And I believe you guys are too. 
and he will start showing you more and more. And one of the things that he keeps showing me is that I can feel so much sometimes that I can almost feel, that I can almost see through my feelings. And I'm sitting there watching this boy walk around who has Down syndrome, who most people think in the world that he is a nobody because he's different. And yet he's walking around touching these people. And one of the people he touched is a girl. And, and I believe I saw, I feel, see Jesus on him. And as he touched her, all her scars disappeared. Now, as crazy as that sounds, it gets even better. Because a week later, after she's lived through this amazing experience of God healing her heart, and out of healing her heart, her scars disappear. I have her share her testimony of God healing her in this church that doesn't fully believe that God's still doing miracles today through you and me. And she shares her testimony, and in sharing her testimony, three people start screaming in church because they just got set free. Now I get in trouble. See, I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest with you, when you start sharing the gospel, when you actually start daring to follow God, you will get in trouble. But it's a good thing, all right? Because then you know that you're pissing the devil off. Because this is what happened. I have people coming to me and saying, you know what? Um, you can't teach about healing. I, I didn't. What are you talking about? I just had someone share their testimony, and people are getting set free. This is how awesome our God is when we start playing, getting in the game, and being willing to say, okay, God, is that you? Now, I'm going to tell you, I have failed miserably trying to listen to God. But you know what? I think he likes it. <laughs> See these things right here? Well, maybe you don't. What are they? Glasses, right? Well, you know, I thought I heard God's voice in the middle of the night. I chucked my glasses away. Well, my eyes are still pretty bad, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I'm being honest here that I'm still believing that God heals. Right? His word says he created the ears, he created the eyes, he created the mouth. I'm trying to walk out in faith. I'm trying to learn. I'll tell you, I, I make mistakes. I threw my glasses away. It was kind of a dumb move. I should have waited and seen if he healed me or not. Uh, but I'm walking in faith. I'm trying. I'm sharing this with you guys to be honest with you. To say, you know what? God loves it when you at least try. Amen. And I can be real. And I can, I can say, you know what? I'm okay with failing. Because my God is so big, he invites me to come play again. And he welcomes me back to the table. I said, come on, come on. Let's, come on, let's do this again. God is doing big things, and I'm believing he's speaking to you. Anybody else here believe he's speaking to you? Huh? Yes. All right, so I want to try something. Again, I go out on limbs. I, I get kind of weird sometimes, only because I want to try to walk out in faith. Yes. <laughs> I want you guys to close your eyes now. I do believe God is waiting for us to call out to him. Jeremiah 33, call to me and I will answer you. God is welcoming you to call out to him. One of the things I felt tonight or this week as I've been praying about tonight is I do feel, I felt anyways, and I remember stepping out on a limb I felt like someone here doesn't love themselves enough to continue on life. I hope there's no one here that way, that feels that way about themselves. Because God loves you so much, and you are amazing. You are wonderful. He wouldn't have created you if he didn't love you that much. But I do believe God is trying to speak to you right now. So I'm going to ask you to start asking God, God, what 
do you think about me? In the quietness of your own heart, just ask God, what do you think about me? Some of you may be saying, okay, I'm not hearing anything. Maybe you need to start asking the question, okay, God, I know you want to speak to me, so what's keeping me from hearing you? I started doing this. I remember I told you that my dad didn't speak much. My dad loves me with all my heart. My earthly dad loves me with all his heart, but he would never tell me that he loves me. Guess what I kept hearing from God? When I started asking God, what, God, what do you think about me? He kept saying, I love you, Darren. I love you. I kept hearing from the Holy Father, the Heavenly Father, the one who created me, who knew me before there was even time, start telling me that he loved me. Tell you what, that can wreck you <laughs> in a great way. Heavenly Father, we just praise you tonight. We praise you because you are good and you believe in us. That's why you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us and rise again. You believe in us so much so that you gave up for us because you believe that we are important. You believe in us that we can make a difference. You believe in us that we have a purpose, that we have a plan no matter our faults and failures, no matter our frailties and brokenness, God, that's what's so amazing about you. You take us just the way we are and use us in an absolutely amazing ways. God, you speak to our hearts. Lord, tonight, Lord, we just ask that you speak loud and clear. And if we're not hearing, if we're not seeing, if we're not feeling anything from you, Lord, show us. Show us. Speak through your word, the Bible. Speak through a friend. Have a pastor on the radio. Anything, Lord, speak to us. Show us why we can't hear you because you broke the veil. You tore the veil so that just as Adam and Eve walked in the garden in the cool of day with you and walked and talked, Lord, we can walk and talk with you too. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for loving us. God, you are amazing. You are amazing. How great you are. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen.